0: Good evening and praise the Lord. Greetings to all of God's people. Uh, God is indeed good. I hope that you have had and are having an exceptional day. Um, God is just so faithful to us and He has blessed us to come together on this platform once again. And we are excited about what God is doing in the midst of His people. I want to start off by saying to my pastors, Bishop. Uh, James F. and Lady Sylvia Harris, Uh, I can't find words sometimes to express how I feel. I love you both greatly and appreciate you, not only for the opportunity that you afford me to serve this house and this people in ministry, but for all that you have vested in me Uh, and in me over the years, your prayers, your counsel, your trust. Thank you so very very much. We are excited about getting into the word tonight. Um, as we begin tonight, we're going to look at two additional texts, one of which the Lord laid on our bishop's heart recently. Uh, and he shared it with us and it's found in the book of Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter one verse, verses 28 through 29. And it reads in the King James version, it reads like this. And in nothing being terrified by your adversary, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his namesake. And that is again, Philippians chapter one, verse 28 and 29. The message translation reads on this wise, same text, it says, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them that they're up against, what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. There's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him, and the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. God is up to something. God is up to something. And we know that the enemy's tactic is to try to scare you or to, it's almost like a toothless lion. He roars, but he has no bite. But God is the one that gives us the victory. And it talks about it, even David, even in how he faced off with Goliath in in our text that we have been looking at, David faced off with Goliath because of his confidence in God. And the scripture that's also found, one of the other texts that we consider in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the enemy's tactics will not work when you rely on God, when you stand in him. The enemy's tactics will not work. Now, it didn't say he wouldn't try. He's going to try, but it's not going to work. And we're going to get into the text tonight and, and talk a little bit more about David. We're going to pick up in verse 43, and I'm just going to bring out some of the text uh just to talk about the rest of what David did. We're still facing off. Some of you may have, although this may have been a Uh, trying week. We're in the middle of the week, as they would call it, hump day. And some of you might be up against some odds, but I just want to encourage you to let you know that God's got you. He's got you. He's going to take care of the whole thing. He's aware of every detail. He's aware of every circumstance. And all you have to do is just trust him. Just know that he's going to meet that need. He's going to take good care of you. He's going to take good care of you. We're back in the book of First uh, Samuel, First Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to read in your hearing, and we're going to pull out some points from verses 43 to 58. We're going to do a little reading, but uh, we're not going to delay the time, and we're not going to stretch this out uh, a long time tonight. I just want to give you a few uh, nuggets, a few something to refer to in light of the scripture that we have been sharing when David is facing off with Goliath. We know the story, but we're gonna highlight some points tonight. We pick up in the 43rd verse of the uh, 17th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel. Here, we find that uh, just to give you the backdrop for those that are joining us for the first time this evening, David has been sent down to the battle uh, on one side, you have the Philistines, and on the other, you have the army of Israel, and they have set off in battle array, which means they are facing each other ready. Uh, and this is not just a one-day thing. This has gone on for 40 days, and uh, Goliath has continually come out to taunt Israel and the armies of Israel to pose a threat. Uh, he's come out to threaten them, and uh, no one has come to answer the charge as of yet. Here enters David. David is sent there by his father, Jesse, to see how his sons are doing, those that went off to battle, and to bring them some food and to also salute the leadership. He is sent there by his father. David follows all of the instructions. He gets there. Uh, He is responsible for that which God has entrusted him, and he demonstrates his uh, being accountable and responsible. And we talked about the importance of that, how he left the sheep with the keeper. And then when he gets to the battle, he leaves what he brought with him with the keeper also. So David was not in a hurry just for the sake of being in a hurry. Uh, We talked about the timing. Uh, God is preparing us for many of things. Um, And we said that on the other evening, we said that sometimes we are saying that I won't be ready until I finish this, that, and the third. But sometimes, and most of the time, God prepares us through what we go through. You're being made ready by what you're going through. It's not as we might propose to say, well, when I'm finished, then I'll be ready. Uh, You're going to hear some of the other teachers that I'm going to spill a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk about they're going to probably get into what ready really looks like, what it looks like. We think about a starting line. Um, We talked about that in the beginning where you're lined up for a race. The pistol goes off and you're out of the race, on into the race, actually, and you're running and what happens, Every th- all of your training comes into play at that race. There's nothing that you're going to do at that starting line except respond to the starter's pistol that's going to make you ready. But what does ready really look like? I encourage you to tune in because some of the other teachers are going to touch on that. But we're going to pick up with David tonight in the 40th, 43rd verse, it reads, and the Philistine said unto David, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David. Verse 43 says, he cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now he is taunting him, but David is not just standing there aimlessly. He has come there for purpose. His question that he posed when he got there was that, is there not a cause? So when the enemy taunts you, David had an answer for him. The scripture says, then David said to the Philistine, and I would just encourage you to answer the enemy's taunt. Stand fast in your faith and let the enemy know, I'm well aware of what's at stake. I'm well aware of what's at stake, but in the confidence that God has given you, you can let the enemy know. Let me tell you how this is going to go, how all of this is going to play out. And that might sound cocky, but what actually happens is Goliath brought this on himself. The enemy may come with all of his tactics, schemes and taunts, uh, his weapons, but we know, we know that. We still have the victory, even in the face of what seems to be insurmountable, what seems to be something that you cannot overcome, but don't get caught up in how things look. And I'm telling someone who may be up against something, don't allow yourself to fall into into the thing of trying to compare yourself to what Goliath. If you look at the battle and see Goliath on one side and David, this little scrawny boy, facing off with a nine foot tall giant, you might say that's not even going to work. That's not even going to be a battle. And you might even always uh, almost give the victory over to the giant just because of how things look. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by what you see. It's not always going to be how it looks. That's not what's going to bring the victory. That's not what's going to determine how all of this is going to work out. Now, so he taunts him. David has an answer for him. And even like I said, the enemy may come with all of his taunts and tactics, but we have the victory. Type that in the chat. Somebody needs to declare that tonight, that we have, you have the victory. It is collective. You have the victory. I don't care how it looks right now. It might be, the enemy might seem that he has formed everything the scripture says that no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. David was well aware of what he was up against. And what we have to know is it's not how the enemy shows up or how he comes at you that matters, but it's how and why you come at the enemy. Okay. It's not, it's not about what the enemy does. We know the weapon is going to form. Don't, don't get, uh, disillusioned by the fact that he may form the weapon but he's not going to get to use it he's not going to get to use it and even if he tries the scripture says and the scriptures cannot be broken god is faithful to his word whatever god has spoken in your life about you it's going to be it cannot there's nothing that can change that there's nothing that can change that we have the victory you are going to be victorious Don't be distracted by what you see. Don't be distracted how things are lined up. Don't even worry about that. Don't don't even get caught up with how it looks on the outside. You got to know what most importantly what's going on on the inside of you. So David, look at David's response to Goliath. Goliath talks about all that he's going to do. He's taunted the armies for the past 40 days. The difference in what Goliath said to David and what David said to Goliath, Goliath was depending upon the fact that he was a man of war from his youth. I've been trained to fight. This is what I do. I don't know if there were any, it doesn't say any other giants were present. So Goliath was the champion. It says he was the champion. So he went out on his own merit, but look at the answer that David gives to him. He says, you came to me with a stave and and a spear and all this. David says, but I come. I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. In other words, David was telling Goliath, you brought this on yourself. I'm just answering the call. You see that? He told Goliath, you did this to yourself, bro. You brought this on yourself. You came here, you taunted the taunted the, the army, but it wasn't just any army. It's the army of the Lord of hosts. This is the army of Israel. God's got our back. So David told him, in essence, you brought this on yourself and I'm just answering the calls. David goes on to say, This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head from you. I could imagine Goliath probably wanted to laugh when he heard this little ruddy boy tell him David. With his, it is uh, believed that David was probably around seventeen or eighteen. He was a youth, a young person. I tell any young person listening to me, don't worry about your future. Don't worry about your future. I don't care how things are changing. This world has changed in ways that in the last 14, 15 months, it has changed in a way that many of us never expected to see. But as I said before, it did not take God by surprise. In fact, God is just so awesome as who he is. He can use any circumstances to your benefit. Scripture says, for all things, even a pandemic works together for the good to them who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. So don't, young person, don't worry about your future. Do all that you can do. Take advantage of every opportunity that is afforded to you, but don't worry about your future. The thing that you should be concerned about is building that relationship with God. If you are striving and you want to get ahead, put God first. Put God first. I encourage anyone under the sound of my voice, put God first when it comes to your future. And you let the blood cover your past. You can't go back and change your past. Don't try to clean up and get things straight before you try to build a relationship with God. That scripture that talks about whomsoever will let him come, he means that. God can handle anything from your past. He can he, it's no secret. You may have had some things happen to you that you've never told anybody else about. I don't know who that's for, but God has your past. He knows about all that. He is, he, he knows about every detail. He knew you in the womb. He knew you before you were born. He knows your flaws, your shortcomings. He knows everything, not just the flaws that people see. He knows the hidden things that we don't even tell nobody about. And I know that probably wasn't probably. He he knows all of that. He knows all of that. So I encourage you. I encourage you, draw nigh to God and he's going to take care of everything that concerns you. He's going to do it. He said he shall perfect those things that concern us. So if you're concerned about it, God is concerned about it. But God is not going to finance your path away from him. You know, there are those that think that if they prosper. That they must be godly because they think they link godliness to, or they say that, well, I must be doing things right because things are going my way. I have this, I have that, and the third. That does not predicate your success in God just because you have tangible things. Don't let that be a distraction to you and miss out on what God truly has. God works from the inside out. He works on the heart, the mind, to save the soul, He's working from the inside out. Let Him start the work in you, and let me let me give you the disclosure here. When God begins to work on you, it's not going to be pleasant. There are going to be some days where He's going to tell you some stuff about yourself, and you're going to you're just going to have to say yes, Lord. Don't try to explain it away. Don't try to change it. Just say yes, Lord. If He brings it, and if it's from your past, if God brings it up then he's going to give you the grace to deal with it. He's going to give you what you need to overcome it. So don't be ashamed if God brings up something from your past. Let it be because you can trust him with your past, just like you can trust him with your future. God's got you. God's got you. We're looking at verse 46. David says, this day, let me tell you this. God has an appointed time to bring you out. Although it may not seem like it's scheduled, he has an appointed time to bring you out of what you're going through. For after you've suffered a while, like I said in the scripture in the beginning, it's appointed unto us to suffer for his namesake. But he says, after you have suffered a while, I will establish, strengthen, and settle you. God is going to do it for you. That is, as Barfield in the comments, is the pruning. Pruning is, It doesn't even look good when it's being done. Let's go there. It doesn't even look good. If if you know anything about gardening or farming at a certain point to preserve the health of the plant or the tree, anybody that has potted plants or you, you have, however, when you go to prune, you cut away that which is dead. You cut back the limbs so that it can produce more so that it is healthier. And the scripture even says, God does pruning too. He says, those that I love, I chasten and I scourge. Why do you do this, God? So that they can bring forth more fruit. God is cutting some stuff back so that he can bring you forward. So yeah, it's gonna be some pain involved. Don't don't let nobody disillusion you to think that when you get saved or when you come to Christ, that everything's gonna work and it's gonna be hunky dory. No, that's not true. Don't be disillusioned. And don't let anyone lie to you. When you come to Christ, when you come to him, just put everything on the altar. But it's go. there are going to be some days. There are going to be some painful days. I just want to tell you ahead of time. But you're dealing with the balm in Gilead. There's nothing that you will go through that God cannot take care of for you. And that includes the inner achings, all the things that you've never told anybody about. God is there for you. Let's finish up with David. I'm that uh, Hey, let's just finish up with David. David tells Goliath, he says that I will smite you and take your head from you. Now, in that something? David shows up with a sling and a few stones, five stones. We talked about last week that we typified simply sometimes when we look at that scripture, it denotes, five denotes grace. But we also last week, looked at it and said, that's also how you spell faith. It's the same number of letters, F-A-I-T-H. And grace will allow or cause your faith. That's why God's ca- God causes your, the grace to abound, his grace to abound so that it can activate your faith. So that as you're going through what you're going through, it's not for naught. It serves a purpose. It serves a purpose. So David is here. And he says, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will smite you and take your head from you. Seemed kind of odd that David would say that because you could see where he might, it might have seemed like a lucky shot. Somebody might look at it and say that, but he says, I'm going to smite you and I'm going to take your head from you. Now to smite means to strike a deadly blow. It might not be, uh, it might not kill the person, but it could be a, a unto death blow. But David was not just interested in taking Goliath down. He was interested in taking away this thing out of the way of the people of Israel. So he said, I'm going to smite you. God's going to allow me to smite you, to hit you real hard, and then I'm going to take your head off. Some of the things that you've been dealing with, God is going to bring you to a point where through grace, now, I'm not telling you to strike anyone. Let's that's, that's keep everything in context. I'm not telling you to strike anyone. But God has a way of causing things to work for your good. So he tells Goliath, I'm going to smite you. And I'm going to give not just you, but the carcass, your carcasses of the Philistines. That's what's left, the bodies. He's going to feed that to the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth. And you know why it's going to happen? That all of the earth may know, rest assured, God's not going to let his uh, reputation be spoiled now. He never has, he never will. But the reason it's going to happen the way this is said is because that all of the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That's why you're going to be delivered so that it can show others that if you trust God, the same thing that he does for me, he'll do for you. He's no respective person. God just wants relationship. That's the whole thing he wants out of this. That's why he sent Christ, because he wanted to mend the relationship that we messed up. That's, and it's still the same. Everything that we go through, it's always about God wanting relationship with you, with us. That's why he does what he does and why he does it the way he does is because at the end of the day, it's all about relationship. So he tells him the reason this is going to happen is so that the earth may know, excuse me, that there is a God in Israel and all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. That's a word for someone. The battle belongs to God. See, for one thing, we don't fight against, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't, that's not what the, that's not where the fight is. The fight is not in the flesh. Although the flesh fights against us, that's where, that's not where the fight is. The fight is in the spirit because we're wrestling wrestling against Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why the saints. That's why the people that know God, the saints of God. We have to become more active. It's not enough for you to be on your job and 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 are in the school and you know I'm I've been saved all day and I'm I'm good to go. You have to be a witness for God that will win others to Him. This is the whole reason why this battle took place. David was sent there. Uh, and he said, is there not a cause? Remember, David did not show up just to, to be there, just to be amused or to be entertained, you know, as his brother suggested. Some people will suggest that the reason why you're going through what you're going through is that you did something to bring this on yourself. Not so. Sometimes God will allow, and many times he will allow things to happen to get us to a certain place, or if there's something within us that needs to be worked out, God knows exactly how to do it. So just yield to the process, yield to the process. Don't try to jump the gun, yield to the process. It says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And then it says, verse 48, it says, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Isn't that something? God will stare something up in you that will cause you to, instead of running away from the enemy, you will stand and run towards. David ran towards Goliath. He didn't back down like the men of Israel that did at that moment. David, when David showed up, everybody was shaking in their boots. You may be the one to champion the cause of God. You may be the one that somebody is waiting on. Because if you notice after David defeats Goliath, then the rest of the army chases down the Philistines and they slay them. But it's only after David deals with, shows up and lets God show out. When God shows out, then the rest of this takes on. So when the Philistines arose, I'm finishing up the 48th verse when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Okay. And it says, verse 49, it says, and David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. Now the armor that the Philistine was wearing protected everything. So, Grace will get you into places that you might not otherwise get into. Grace will get you there. David uses what he knew. He went with his experience with God, got him to this point. Your experience with God is going to take you places that you could not get into yourself of your own accord. But if you, if you rely on God and you trust him, he can take you from point A to point B and further if you rely on him. David puts his hand in his bag, pulls out a stone, one stone. He had five, he only needed one. That's the that's the abounding grace of God. God. Grace will never be used up completely. It won't take all of the grace. That's why he says, I'll make my grace abound towards you, that you will have sufficiency in all things. So verse 50, he said in the 50th verse, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Didn't look like that would be enough, but it was more than enough because God caused it to abound. He had only a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in David's hand. There was no sword in his hand. Once he cut off Goliath's head, I mean, once he knocked him down, he had to finish the job. Grace is going to be there until you carry out God's will. The funny thing is after David, after David hit Goliath with the stone, he ran to him, stood on him. When you come through something that you're going through now, you're going to stand on top of this. You're going to stand on top of this situation and you're going to use what the enemy proposed to use against you. You're going to use that against the enemy. Not in your own strength, not in your own accord, but in the might of God. Remember how David got here. In the might of God is how you're going to do it. Let God work through you, for it is God that works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. David stands on top of Goliath, reaches down, and Goliath's sword wasn't small, but God will give you strength to do what you need to do to finish what he started. He takes Goliath's sword, cuts off Goliath's head. The fight is over then because it wasn't enough to injure Goliath. He had to take Goliath out. So he uses his own sword. He takes Goliath's sword, cuts his head off. Once he does this, it opens the gateway to where their champion is dead now. Goliath is dead. So Israel now goes after the Philistines. And the story concludes with Israel slaying the Philistines. One last point. It said, after the battle, Saul asked, who is this little ruddy boy? He called him, uh, the scripture uses a particular word that he called, it was, the word is a synonym for runt. You would have thought that they wouldn't have talked before Because David talked to Saul before all this happened, but seems like he, when all the went on, he probably forgot, but he asked, who is this little boy? Who is this boy? So he asked the captain, Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, he said, whose son is this youth? And he says, as thy soul liveth, O king, I do not know. So he goes, Abner goes to get David and take him to Saul. And David is so, you got to know to hold on to your victory. David, he gets to, he's escorted to Saul. Guess what David has in his hand? He carries with him, and this probably was the oddest thing you could have ever seen. He carries with him the head of the Philistine. He carries Goliath's head with him to go talk to Saul. I encourage you. As odd as it may look, when God delivers you, hold on to the symbol of your victory. Hold on to your victory. The head of Saul symbolized, I mean, the head of of Goliath symbolized David's victory. And as odd as it looked for a 17-year-old boy to carry a head of a nine-foot tall man, it probably took up the whole capacity of his chest. But David carried that head with him. He carried the head of Goliath. That symbolized his victory. I encourage you, hold on to your victory. Don't let nothing or no one discuss. I don't care if they say, man, you look rather foolish carrying that around. But if they miss the battle, then they can't understand what you're carrying afterwards. If they weren't there, if they didn't see it, don't try to explain it. For those that really want to know, will listen to your testimony. So I encourage you. I encourage you. Tonight it has indeed been my pleasure to serve and to to just go through the word with you. It has indeed been my pleasure. I have I have thoroughly enjoyed sharing God's word with you. And I encourage you. I encourage you if you're going through and you can't understand the circumstances of what you're going through, just call out, call on, call out to the name of the Lord. Just call on the name of the Lord. He says they that call upon him, shall be saved. He says his ear is open to your cry. He's waiting. He's waiting. Just call out unto God. I encourage you. Let's get ready. Let's get set and let's go. God bless you.